ओम वक्रतुंड महाकाय सूर्यकोटि समप्रभ निर्विघ्नम कुर मे देव सर्वकारेशु सर्वदा ओम श्री गणेशाय नम ओम भगवते श्री स्वामीनारायणाय नमो नम ओम श्री लक्ष्मीनारायणाय नमो नम ओम श्री उमा महेश्वराय नमो नम ओम नम शिवाय सर्वंगलमंगल्ये शिवे सर्वाधसाधिके शरण्यत्रंबके गौरीनारायणी नमोस्तुते श्री गुरुभ्यो नम श्री गुरुस्तोत्र अखंडमंगलाकार व्याप्त येन चराचर तत्पम दर्शित मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम अज्ञानतिरांद से ज्ञानाजनशलाकया चक्षुर मिलित मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम गुरब्रह्म गुरुर्ष्णु गुरदेव महेश्वर गुरदेव परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम वेलकम टू डेली सत्संग वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग आर कॉन्टम्प्लेशन ऑन द वर्ड ब्रह्मन and of course related to that is the word atma or the word atman the self the realization of who we are what we are as we are that is all part of the realization of the self so continuing from yesterday i'm going further now into the uh word vimarsha so the word vimarsha means searing searing meaning what that the ultimate reality the consciousness that we are the akshara brahma that we are through its own power uh what does it do it sees itself it experiences itself uh it is not simply that that, that the atma is not simply lying inert uh, uh, inert i n e r t like a diamond but it surveys itself okay so these are some references from page 5 from pratyabhigna rudayam by jaydev singh he's written about the so some uh, comments here on this particular scripture called pratyabhigna rudayam so it's very interesting when we consider our own life we can see the application of this directly when we experience the diversity of life and when we experience the fact that we are ourselves not in an in inert state we are in a dynamic state of movement so the movement of the mind is what this is referring to the movement of energy the movement of the mind the flow of energy within the universe the active phase within the universe that is all called vimarsha so it is prakash vimarsha now from a vachanamrut point of view this can be explained in a highly metaphysical way the way maharaj explained this he said that inside the akshara dham the parmatma that exists enters into what is called virat purush and then that virat purush becomes active so that active activity of the brahman is is called vimarsha in that sense so without activity there is no way to experience anything that is why that is why the activity of the brahman is called mahamaya the mahamaya becomes active and that is vimarsha now in our own life we can see that the survey of oneself surveying itself meaning seeing oneself perceiving oneself experiencing one's own desires and powers and energies this is all part of the atmic experience so the realization of the atma has very much to do with being able to recognize the multiple ways and the multimodal manner within which the human experience is occurring for the atma that examination 
And then the realization of the limitations of those experiences without rejecting them, in my opinion, is the best, is one of the best ways of look of trying to understand Prakash Vimarsha. Prakash means light, the light of the Atma. But the activity of the Brahman is continuing. The activity is, is continuing for all awakened beings who are still embodied. While there is the body, there is still the experiences of the world. In Gujarat, there was a very enlightened being called Srimad Rajchandra. And he has written a scripture called Atma Siddhi. In there he stated, okay, he said, um, He said, Jai Swarup Samja Vina Pamyo Dukh Anant Samja Vyute Padnamu Shri Sadguru Bhagavant. You know, so he's, this is one of the first, maybe it is the, perhaps the first line in that Atma Siddhi scripture. Um, he's a very interesting, interesting saint. Um, he's from the Jaina tradition actually. But is said to have realized the Atma. And he said that without realizing this Atma, without understanding it, realizing it, perceiving it, being in touch with it, there is infinite Dukkha. And this is the problem. This is the unfortunate situation of the Jiva. Or I'm saying unfortunate, but that is the situation. However it has come about. So if you want to recognize that we are having the ability to see oneself as oneself, that is the biggest thing in life. In Vachanamrut Garada number 20, Sajanan Swami Maharaj also has emphasized this point, that know thyself, realize the Atma, and realize that you are experiencing or you can experience your own internal joy naturally. And if you, and a person, people who are not doing that are in a state of Agnyan, they're in a state of dukkha, they're in a state of ignorance, they are in a state of degradation. This is what the Vachanamrut says. So, when enlightened beings like Sajanan Swami and so many others, when they are talking, they're speaking from their realization. They're speaking from that prakasha, the divine, divine light of God, the divine light of Atma, and from the realization of Vimarsha, Vimarsha refers to, it refers to the fact that there is actually the, tr the continuous and free-flowing experience, free-flowing experience that exists within the world of Prakriti. So the world of Prakriti is real. According to Shaiva Tantra and according to the Pratyabhigna Rudayam scripture, and I'm going to make some references here. You can see this is just the Wikipedia article on it, but it's quite thorough actually, and it is accurate. Um, the Pratyabhigna Rudayam, the non-dual Shaiva Tantra, does not consider Maya as an illusion. In fact, what it considers is that this is just another power of the divine that has reality to it. So I want to explain this a little bit in a in a more systematic manner, step by step just to understand what this is all about and how it kind of compares with some of the other systems of philosophy and thought. So the, so the Pratyabhigna is an idealistic, monistic, and theistic school of philosophy in Kashmiri Shaivism, which, or, which originated in the 9th century CE. Now, what does this mean? What does this word idealistic mean? Well, so first of all, the word Pratyabhigna means recognition. Cognition, we have cognition. We have cognition of... The, 
the world outside, of our memories, of our relatives, of our friends, of all that, of our profession, of our training, the psychological identity, we have some understanding of that or some experience of that, which is what the field of psychology is looking at, the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the unconscious, and all of that. But now, when we say recognition, this is referring to the cognition, the awareness of the Atma directly. That this is me, I am this Shiva, I am this consciousness, I am that, that infinite being, the Akshara Tattva. So Pratyabhigna is an idealistic school of philosophy. So again, this that may not be the exact way of putting it. School of philosophy, in some sense, is correct act from a Western point of view. But from an Eastern point of view, it is a darshana. It is a vision of reality. It is an approach to reality. So why is it idealistic? Because there, there is nothing greater in life, there is no greater ideal in life than the journey one takes towards oneself. We do everything except that. We even worship God without realizing who we are, without wanting to realize who we are. So we do everything in the sansar and for in, in hundreds of ways to experience the sansar, which is the vimarsha. But we are trapped in the vimarsha without realizing the prakasha. And then, and then those who are just fleeing from the sansar, trying to go after the prakasha, the divine light of God, and ignoring the sansar is another mistake. The sansar is not to be ignored, not to be hated, not to be discarded. That is the Kashmiri Shaivism point of view. If you start hating, discarding, saying that this is useless, it's meaningless, there's a negative emotion towards it, that's a mistake. Even in my own contemplation, sometimes I may use some strong language in that sense that people are like asleep in the sansar and, and whatnot. But Bhagavad Gita is saying that from a certain point of view. It's a relative statement. There's no dislike towards the sansar. Even Sri Krishna Bhagavan is saying, go beyond the sansar, yes. Cut the sansar out of the mind. That also doesn't mean that you're just going to be in nirvikalpa samadhi all the time. Yeah, then, then the sansar is not there. That is, you're not even the body anymore. You're in some other place, some other reality. But while we are here, the sansar does exist. It exists, but it exists in a way that we need to recognize its monistic nature. That's the second point. That the... Kashmiri Shaivism is saying that there is monism. Monism in what sense? The one without the second. There is only the one that is manifesting in infinite ways with every possibility, as I mentioned a few days back. So the concept here is that the one that not only appears as the many, the one is the many. This is the difference between Advaita and Kashmiri Shaivism. In Advaita, they say the one appears as the many, but there's nothing really like the many. There's only the one. But actually, in, in, uh, in the Kashmiri Shaivism, with Shiv Shakti, it's not like that. It's not an appearance. It is the actuality. The one has actually assumed the forms of the many. And that is why it is a monistic and theistic school of, of Tatvagnyan, philosophy. So, if we were to go further in, in this, look at this third paragraph here. That Actually, the second paragraph, you know, direct, direct knowledge of oneself. What is the direct knowledge? Why direct? 
सी वन बी से गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुर् साक्षात परम ब्रह्म तस्मय श्री गुरुवे नम गुरुर् साक्षात परम ब्रह्म गुरुदेव परम ब्रह्म दैट डायरेक्ट विजन नॉलेज अवेयरनेस इन द प्रेजेंट कंटिन्यूअसली ऑफ द ऑफ द रियालिटी ऑफ द सेल्फ ऑफ द रियालिटी एंड द पावर एंड द ग्लोरी ऑफ द आत्मा the glory of that intense freedom in every situation under all circumstances and un- under all types of changes w- within prakriti that continuous recognition which is directly available at any point in in our life that is the whole notion of pratyabhigna that it is so close to us it is directly available for us but we miss it we miss it because we are not attentive to that now to just to bring that realization of who i am i in the real sense we must begin with where i where i am i what is the state of my body my mind my spirit etc my my uh, life as it is if i'm looking at my life as it is now without any kind of distortion which is choiceless awareness or choiceless observation then that is a doorway it is a doorway into the recognition into the recognition of the atma so the central thesis of kashmiri shaivism is that everything is absolute consciousness term shiva that the word shiva has many different meanings it really means auspiciousness but from a theistic point of view we can say the god shiva yes that's true also so the absolute consciousness this is the same notion as vedanta the one without the second the akshara brahma and it is possible to recognize this fundamental reality and be free from limitations once one is this is the point once one is recognizing that i am not limited even though there are the body has its limitations the mind has its certain limitations certain boundary the interactions in the world have certain limitations functionally but who i am i am an awakened liberated being everybody's mind and nobody's mind if i say few people are mine that's where the maya catches us that's where the rajogun catches us tamogun catches us the i and the me catches us that's that's and that's the illusory power as per vedanta and that is the contracted power as per shaiva tantra even that has a reality because the atma is experiencing that reality that that different type of reality that contracted small reality but that interestingly enough every form of contracted reality is an evolute is an expression of the absolute consciousness so that vision that awakened vision that realization of all of this that we're talking that is the that is the prakash that is shiva that shivoham sada shivoham that is shiva and that recognition frees us from the limitations actually what it does it allows us to experience in all its glory the prakriti that has evolved in front of us wow how tremendous that is you can look at any object in the world outside any experience in the world outside and one is oh, one is in a state of divine ecstasy in seeing the prakriti where is the issue of rejecting prakriti or fighting with prakriti you cannot fight with mahamaya it's the most foolish idea anybody who tries to do that will be completely finished they cannot do that first of all to 
to to worship the glory of Mahamaya as an expression of that great divinity, the Brahma Tattva. My God, where is the issue of even going to a temple at that point? Of course, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to temples and all that, but this is a higher realization. Everything is temple. You go to a temple or to a mosque, you're sitting under a tree like the Buddha did, or, 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 or you're, or, or you're uh, going into a park or you're going into the mall or wherever you're going, into a doctor's office or into a, into a hospital or into a, into a, a power plant or wherever, where, under any situation, any circumstance, Prakash Vimarashaya is active and present all the time. And that vision, that awakened vision, of the glory of Prakriti in relation to the glory of that divine light that is enlivening Prakriti allows us to make the transition from the Pashu to the Pati. This is in, right here in front of us on our screen. That the slave, see the human, human condition is a slavery, it's a Pashu. This is a Tantra scripture by the way. A Tantra uh, word. People, feel, people misunderstand the word Tantra but all these words are from that tradition. So the word Pashu means animal, right? In the, we, say, we say Pashu. But human being is an animal. He's in the Pashu state. See in Shikshapatri, Sajanan Swami has shown a, a ladder there from that human Pashu, from like an animal state to, become, to get to a humanity state. From humanity state, get to a devotional state, devotee, bhakta. And from bhakta to mukta. And this is the point. This is common across the world. So, the limitations that we are trying to become free from, we cannot become freed from limitations until we recognize what is limitation. How can Sachin become free from his limitations until Sachin is clear inside the mind through proper satsanga, proper jnana, guru krupa? That what is my limitation? My realization of where is my limitation, my ignorance, my bondage, my, my state of being the Pashu, if I do not recognize that directly, see this is the point, direct recognition, first we directly recognize where is my ignorance, where is my limitation, where, is, where are my, my internal problems. As J. Krishnamurti would say, get your house in order first. As Gunatitanan Swami would say, keep attention on your own development. Potana Kalyanma Drashti. Drishti Barabarak. See, this word Drishti means vision. It means that recognition. Same idea is there. Same concept is the same. Truth is only one. Truth is not two different things. Ekam Sat Vipraha Bahudavadanti. So, to go from Pashu and, and to shake off the fetters, the bondages of the Pasha. Maya ka pash, we say this all the time. Jeev bandhai, inside, inside the pash of Maya. Pash means the bondages, the fetters. We have in the human body, the human body is a mechanism given by that great goddess, the Prakriti, and by the Shiva, the Parashiva and the Akshara Brahma, Parabrahma. Given by them, this great body has been given to us so that we can make the transition from the causal body out of the causal body into the pati state, into the atmic state, from the pashu to the pati. 
पशुपति भगवान शिव इज कॉल्ड पशुपति वाओ दिस इज सो ब्यूटिफुल सी फ्रीडम फ्रॉम लिमिटेशन एंड आइडेंटिफिकेशन विद शिवा आई एम कॉन्स्टेंटली ऑस्पिशियस कॉन्स्टेंटली इवॉल्व कॉन्स्टेंटली एवर डायनेमिक कॉन्स्टेंटली रियलाइजिंग the infinite glory of the evolution of prakriti and basking in its glory without getting limited or entangled within it those who are running after prakriti are going to be in the pasha those who are those who are running after prakriti only are in the pasha are and are in the pashu condition both those who are glorifying and adoring prakriti are in the pati state amazing it's a tremendous way of living it's it's not just a way of living it's it is an internal opening and that is what is taught by the great masters of kashmiri shaivism that you recognize again and again again and again up in the present again and again the activity that is happening inside activity that is happening outside this same concept is in vachanamrut interestingly enough is called janpanu pure awareness in the the way maharaj explained it he said the paramanses are standing on the doorway of that awareness and one side is akshardham is the infinite reality of god and god's infinite re- and the other side is the pasha the bondages of the sansar and the paramanses are those who are right standing at the middle there they can see both and when you have vision of both there that is freedom that is freedom from limitation see this is so so fantastic uh i want to mention a couple of points here we all want to be free from limitation but i want to mention something else here that in advait vedanta there is the concept of superimposition now what exactly does that mean so the concept is as such that there is only the one and that appears as the many meaning what that the names and forms we see are just superimposed superimposed on the brahman the concept of a pot is superimposed on the clay that's what that is so now let's take a look at this uh a part here in relation to advait vedanta with regards to the problem of how the world comes about utpala deva rejects the advait vedanta theory of eternal and independent ignorance so he's saying that the it uh, eternal independent ignorance which adi shankaracharya said that maya is anadi independent they, they they say that is not the case again that is a perspective it's not that one is wrong one is right that's not please don't misunderstand that way but it 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 doesn't have independent ignorance but and maybe that's not the best way of putting it even advait vedanta doesn't really say that ignorance is independent it it basically says it doesn't exist but then where did but then why do we experience ignorance so there is no good answer in advaita on, on that point but but nonetheless that the theory that the eternal ignorance uh, uh does not exist that, that is rejected which affirms that brahman the absolute consciousness is being affected by avidya by superimposition so there's a little bit of logic here that is used against advaita vedanta by so many others including non dual shaiva tantra they are saying that if the brahman is only there how it came into ignorance how can ignorance over uh, uh, cover up brahman which is pure light pure consciousness pure bliss how is that even possible you see so 
the way the thing there's a response that the way they will say there well there's the 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 brahman is appearing as the jiva it's just an appearance but remember i'll give you my point of view on this and even vachanamrut will say the same thing that it's a matter of perspective if you're speaking from nirvikalpa state like adi shankaracharya you will see everything as brahman and everything as superimposition because that is a perspective that is a vision the acharyas are not speaking simply from scriptural second hand information they're speaking from anubhav anubhav is everything in life and that's where we are headed toward we want to go to state of anubhav so anyway the point here is that it's not that brahman has become affected by avidya uh, superimposition the concept is that it's 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 there from our perspective okay so in kashmiri shaivism avidya or ignorance and its cosmic aspect maya the illusion are nothing but shakti they use the word shakti and even adi shankaracharya eventually did talk about shakti he wrote a lot of devi stotras and 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 the and and bunch of other stotras are written there that really talk about that divine power the the dynamic power of the parmatma so you will see here that in kashmiri shaivism maya or the illusion are nothing but shakti the power of shiva as shakti they are real for limited beings but are simple but are simple manifestations of consciousness for shiva they're real for us how can we say that our desires our wants and needs and and cravings and bodily demands and mental demands and all such thing how can we say they're unreal how can we say that no they're real even vishishta advaita will say they're real the brahma vishishta advaita bhagwan swaminarayan will say they're real you know even the advaita bhagwan um adi shankaracharya ji will also say they're real relatively vevarika but from the ultimate point of view it's all brahman well of course from the ultimate point of view there is nothing but but god but that's a realization and even after that realization everything is seen in that light of that realization that is prakash vivarshaya it is after realization you still come back into the same world the world is still the same but the whole vision of it has been transformed completely that is the beauty of life that is our life that with this body with this mind with this with these hands and legs and all we can we can experience so much glory of god in the form of prakriti see like even when we do puja archana prasad mantras we do all these uh, psycho spiritual and ritualistic uh, activity in the sanatana dharma other traditions also every tradition has that in some form or another we are using prakriti what else can we use we have to utilize prakriti but we are taking that prakriti the what prakriti is offering us like fruits and vegetables and foods and what not and we're placing it in a spiritual context with love and affection with great deal of power behind it see like hands are there we can use hands to hurt somebody yourself oneself also we can use hands to also you know take the name of god namah shivaya namah shivaya namah shivaya we can use the hands to take any mantra that is a bona fide good mantra so we can use our hands to to do puja archana we can use our hands to uh create harm for others you know so, so the knowledge the wisdom of how to use the body for the purpose of the realization of the atma that is the guru tatva as the brahman gurur sakshat param brahma tasmay shri gurave namaha 
That is, the Guru Tattva is active always from inside. The external samagam, santa samagam, the contact of scriptures, saints, the teachings outside. Like, like I'm reading this, just a small article here. But there's so much I- I- embedded within it because it's embedded within us. That opening from within, that realization from within, as it grows further and further, the taste of that bliss, the nectarine taste of of the atmic joy, the nectarine taste of divinity comes to us by divine contemplation, bhajan, bhakti, kirtan, by looking at these questions, looking at these scriptures and ideas from all beautiful traditions like Kashmiri Shaivism, Advaita Vedanta, Vishishtadvaitam, etc. We, what do we find? We find that we are evolving into a state beyond simply that animalistic state of me and you and eating, sleeping, drinking, reproducing and all, that's all. Every animal does that. Every animal goes through waking dream and deep sleep state. Every animal eats, eats and drinks food and procreates. And that's all, bodily functions, that's all. Is that all we are? We, no. So this human body is the biggest gift in Vachanamrut, uh, or maybe since Srimad Bhagavatam, it is written that after 3.5 million Prakrut pralays. That means the dis- cosmic evolution and dissolution, evolution of the universe, the Jivatma transferring that many times, then the human body is given, is obtained. The human body, the consciousness evolves into the it evolves to a point where it gets a human body. And what are human beings doing with this human body? Right? Because because we have to survive and all, yes, true. But we are wasting time tremendously. We're wasting the potentiality that exists the, by wasting the energy that exists. See, that is Shakti. That is Shakti. Shakti is, is there, direct. Without Shakti, nothing is going to happen. So Shakti is very real for limited beings. Yes, there's a limitation that we experience. But it is a re, we re, but the energies are real in every experience. So those energies are manifestations of that Shiva consciousness. Now if you go to the next part here, in Advaita Vedanta, with regards to the limited being, all activity belongs to the intellect. In Kashmiri Shaivism, activity is also ascribed to the Atma, which is not inert, but in possession of the fivefold actions of creation, maintenance, dissolution, occultation, and grace. That the Atma is very active inside the world of Prakriti. It is very, very much involved within that. Another way of putting it as per Vachanamrut, Garada number 7, Jivnu Anvay Swarup. So, if you were to expand upon that one line, all these ideas come about. You know, yes, in Advaita Vedanta, the Jivatma is seen as a Sakshi, as a witness. True, as a Sakshi, as a witness, that is, that is there. Nonetheless, what Shaivism is saying is something a little bit further. It's not just an inactive, just a just an inactive principle sitting somewhere. No, it's not like that. The Atma is actually not in, not inert. It is very active. It's a dynamic power. It is a power coming from the Atma of creation, maintenance, dissolution, occultation, grace. So many powers are there. A liberated jiva in Advaita Vedanta is freed from the universe. But here in Kashmiri Shaivism, the universe appears as the real I consciousness, a mass of consciousnesses and consciousness and bliss. How beautiful. Extraordinary. 
See, there's so much practicality to this. There's no issue of rejecting any experience because everything is experiencing and is, is occurring in the eye consciousness. There's no idea of running away from the world. There is the full appreciation of the world's manifestation in the light of that consciousness. And in that appreciation, not entanglement, appreciation, not bondage, appreciation, not entangled attachment, the glory of the mountains, the glory of the sky, the glory of birds and trees and animals, we see all of the manifestation that it is glorious. The fact that it exists is glorious. And the fact that human beings have created so much and, and have evolved, evolved the nature in many ways, have transformed the world is glorious. Even the negative things which we consider negative, even that's a power, we appreciate the power behind even the negative. Of course, we have to decide what is negative and positive, what is worth doing and all. That is viveka. But the root power, even to create a weapon or to do something destructive or to have a very intensely focused negative emotion, that power within has to be appreciated. And when we tap into the glory of that power, then that same raw, core, beautiful, dynamic power becomes the most extraordinary doorway into the infinite reality. That is the awakening of the Kundalini, the awakening of the inner powers, the Ashtasiddhis, Namnidhis, everything comes. Vedras also, Bhagwan Swaminar, explained all these ideas. So many others have explained these things also in their own way. So a liberated jiva appears as the real eye consciousness, meaning by the universe that appears as the real eye consciousness, it's not an illusion. It is a mass of consciousness and bliss. Can we go to a mall, like we, in Delaware we have this Christiana mall. Can you go there, sit there for like two hours on a bench and see the whole activity as a mass of consciousness and bliss? If you can do that, you're an enlightened being. But if you get pulled by the names and forms into the vortex of Maya, then that is a, that is a pashu. <laughs> that is a difference. It's just a matter of vision. That is the extraordinary idea in the Kashmiri Shaivism tradition, non-dual Shaiva Tantra tradition. And it is about the Atma. It is about the Atma. Since we're talking about the Brahma Tattva and the Atma, I'm covering this, this topic this way. There's so much to be said about this. You know, there is the more and more, there are more and more ways of trying to understand these ideas slowly, carefully. We need obviously so much more time, but I'm trying to cover as much as I can uh, in, the, in, in the short time we have available each day without overwhelming, without adding too much information inside there. So anyway, this is an extraordinary journey to understand the Brahman. How the Guru is Brahman? I'll say one more thing before I stop here today. That the manifested Guru is the living technology of taking this intense realization of, of being in that intense realization that the Prakriti is a mass of consciousness and bliss 
That's an intense realization. And that, and, and that being is living in that realization. Living in that realization is living in that atomic consciousness. Soham, I am Atma Brahma. Living in that consciousness and fully embracing Prakriti. And in, when, you, when a person is doing both in its totality, that individual, or when a person embodies both in totality, that Im- individual becomes a living Shiva, becomes a living Durga, becomes a living Goddess, becomes a living enlightened being. And that person's life is graceful for all beings. Wherever that individual goes, grace is there. The divinity is fl- fl- is flowing through that being all the time. That is our goal. That is all saintliness, all grace, all integration because it is the full realization and that is available for us through prakriti through the scriptures by reflecting on what is the atma yes there are glimpses of the atma and then there is the full realization of the atma also but one is able to masterfully enjoy the prakriti and masterfully stay unentangled, masterfully move through the range of experiences of Prakriti, remain in unentangled like Sri Krishna Bhagwan. He does Ras Leela, he does so many different things are there in his, in his Charitra, but completely free, always, even in the midst, the midst of war, war is going on free, Ras Leela is going on free, every action going on free. That is who we are. We are that freedom. And to resonate with that, to be in that, and to be continuously aware of the mind and its avidya, the mahamaya, as, as the energy within it. So recognize even the mind that is going into entanglements, recognize the energy behind it, recognize that that is creating more and more of the sansar, and take that same energy and give it back to Shiva. Give it back to the Atma, give it back to Paramatma. Because the avidya is another manifestation of the consciousness also, but the avidya is there so we can realize vidya. Avidya is there as a differentiating aspect to realize that which is beyond it. It is quite, quite amazing. See, this point here in Advaita Vedanta, consciousness, chit, C-I-T, is only prakasha, but in pratyabhigna, it is also activity, doership. Yes, you are doing the activity, but you are free. You know, otherwise one will say, well, if I'm just doing everything, whatever I want, whenever, where's the, why do you need to worry about Shiva and Shakti and this and that? That's because we're, one is doing without realizing the glory of that infinite power existing everywhere and without realizing oneself. One is only identified with the limited, fragmented and hyper, hyper-focused mind and its egotistical desires. Then where, where will the Jivatma go because of that? We wind up nowhere. Actually, we actually actually will wind up in a state of being born millions of times again and again and again and again and again in all different yonis. So the the distinction between the contraction and the expansion, the distinction between the realization that I am this 
small being versus I am this infinite being. That jump, it's, a, it's an enlightenment jump, a dimensional massive jump. That jump, all that is required is to proclaim it that that is who I am. Aksharam Aham. I am that. And, and as an additional thing, Bhagwan ke das, purushottamadasosmi, I am the devotee of God, never to destroy devotion. Then there is protection all the way around. Then there's the ego cannot have show its ugly head, which is the main problem. There's no other problem except the limited ego that is thinks that it can that it is everything. So from every point of view, we recognize that that limited ego must evolve out of its limitation into the Brahman, into the appreciation of the Prakriti, into, into the stopping the running after Prakriti, thinking that there's infinite bliss there, as opposed to seeing the infinite bliss that is within Prakriti. In every aspect of Prakriti, there is bliss and consciousness. In every aspect of it, it is there. Even amidst all of the negative things and limitations and all, even that has within it, hidden within it, that infinite bliss, that substratum of consciousness. That is, when we have that vision of Prakriti, Prakriti doesn't bind. Not at all. One is ever free. The great enjoy, like Sri Krishna Bhagwan is called the great enjoy, the highest of enjoyment. Why is that? He's playing in Prakriti, is Leela. Krishna Leela. This is possible for us in every every aspect, whatever stage of life we're in. Okay, so we'll continue this tomorrow. Very interesting things are to come up still. This is just the beginning of this examination. We'll get into it in much more depth as we keep moving day after day.